Hello, you have managed to find the next episode of How Good It Is, a weekly podcast that takes a closer look at songs from the rock and roll era, and we check out some of the stories behind those songs and the artists who made them famous. My name is Claude Call, and I'm slowly, slowly going bankrupt. Hey, don't forget to check out the website, howgooditis.com, and the Twitter, and the Instagram, and of course the Facebook page, which you can find over at facebook.com slash howgooditispod. Hey, how's your podcatcher doing? Anybody ever ask you that before? How is your podcatcher? Are you enjoying its functions and stuff? Because let me tell you something. Podcast Republic has some amazing features, and every time they update, there's something extra cool about it. I am so happy that How Good It Is is a featured show on that app, and I'm talking nicely about it here. Uh, it's a featured show on the app. It's a featured show on the website. And, and, and I was a fan of the app even before I had a podcast of my own. I can't say enough good things about it. Go get Podcast Republic in the Google Play Store, or you can click the link on my website. All right, I think this week's trivia question might be a little bit on the easy side, but you know what? I also feel like I say that a lot. Anyway, what do the following artists have in common? We have the Edgar Winter Group, Average White Band, The Tornadoes, Herb Alpert, and Hugh Masekela. Want one more? Okay, Vangelis, okay? Once again, what do those artists have in common? Edgar Winter Group, Average White Band, Tornadoes, Herb Alpert, Hugh Masekela, and Vangelis. I will have the answer for you later on in the show. This week's song is one that has been on and off my radar for a while, and I kept saying to myself, I gotta cover this one, and then I'd get distracted. So when I actually got a request from a fellow alumnus of my college radio station, hi Dan, well you can't ignore something like that. So today we're going to talk about one of the best songs never written for Meatloaf. Wait, not written for Meatloaf? Yes, indeed, but settle in. We'll get there. Up until 1981, Bonnie Tyler wasn't seeing a lot of chart action in the United States and only maybe a little bit more in Canada and Europe. Her 1977 song, It's a Heartache, the one you're listening to now, was a monster hit internationally. But by 1981, she was considered a one-hit wonder, and she parted ways with RCA Records. So, she got herself a new manager. And when she saw Meatloaf performing Bad Out of Hell live, she approached his producer, Jim Steinman, and asked him to work with her. They met in April of 1982, it took a little bit of convincing uh, for Steinman, and he presented her with two tracks. One of them was the old John Fogarty Creedence Clearwater tune, Have You Ever Seen the Rain? The other one was called Going Through the Motions, which a few of you might remember as a Blue Oyster Cult song. In an interview with People Magazine, Tyler said that if she didn't like these suggestions, he probably would have turned down her offer of collaboration. A few weeks later, they met again, and that's when he not only presented her with Total Eclipse of the Heart, he told her specifically who was going to be playing on the track, which includes that second voice, a guy named Rory Dodd, who had sung backups for Meatloaf, Steve Forbert, and Billy Joel, among others. Also playing on the record, among others, are drummer Max Weinberg and keyboard player Roy Batan, who are members of uh, Bruce Springsteen's E Street Band, and Rick Derringer played guitar on the track. Now the story goes, here we are, the, st the song was originally written for Meatloaf and that it was supposed to appear on his follow-up album to Bad Outta Hell. It appears, however, 
that Meatloaf was the source of that story, and he said that both Total Eclipse of the Heart and Air Supply's song, Making Love Out of Nothing at All, were both written by Steinman for the album that eventually became Midnight at the Lost and Found. What's more, Meatloaf said that his record company refused to pay Steinman for the songs, so he wound up writing separate songs on his own. But frankly, that story doesn't hold up, especially since Bonnie Tyler and Meatloaf were both on Columbia Records' own labels at the time. And what's more, Meatloaf only wrote a fraction of the songs on Midnight at the Lost and Found, and that album failed to chart in the U.S., although it did make the top ten in the U.K., In addition, multiple sources have debunked that story. Steinman himself told CD Review Magazine in 1989 that after Bad Outta Hell, Meatloaf went through a bad patch mentally, financially, and in terms of his singing ability. He said, and I quote, Basically, I only stopped working with him because he lost his voice as far as I was concerned. It was his voice I was friends with, really. Wow, cold. He didn't even finish the song until after meeting with Bonnie Tyler. Now, Total Eclipse of the the Heart is one of those songs where the video is not going to help you with interpreting the lyrics because it's so weird. The best I can do with describing it is to say that it appears to be that Tyler is a teacher who is dreaming about her students in a boarding school. The video is filmed on location at the Holloway Sanitarium, which is a large hospital built in a gothic style near Surrey, England uh, just a couple of years ago. New York Magazine's Jen Cheney wrote a short article about how amazingly ridiculous the video is, and although it was written recently and therefore has a modern-day lens turned on it, it's not one of those, oh, this video could never be made today kinds of things. The video was ridiculous then, and it's ridiculous now, and I urge you to check out her article. I will post a link to it for you on the website. So what is the song about? Glad you asked. According to Jim Steinman, it's about vampires. No kidding. In an interview with Playbill Magazine, he said that he was trying to come up with a love song and his original title was Vampires in Love because he had been noodling around with the idea of a musical based on Nosferatu, the original vampire movie. He told them if anybody listens to the lyrics, they're really like vampire lines. It's all about the darkness, the power of darkness, and love's place in the dark. But he also thought that the song would be a good showpiece for Bonnie Tyler's voice, thinking that she sounded a little bit like John Fogarty, which also explains why he presented her with Have You Ever Seen the Rain? And that wound up being the opening track on the Faster Than the Speed of Night album. Tyler has a slightly different spin on the lyrics. She told Record Mirror shortly after the song was released that she thought it was about someone who wants to love so badly that she's just lying there in complete darkness. And that has a little bit of a shallow feel to it, so I think we're going to go with Steinman's explanation on this one. And while pop radio was used to playing longer songs by this point, Tyler didn't think the song would get a lot of airplay at its full length, so there is a radio edit that brings its original 6 minute 59 second length down to 4.30. The 6.59 version has a very, very long fade though, so I'd be willing to bet that very few stations ever played even the uncut version to its full length. But, short or long, the song was released in the UK on February 11, 1983 and on May 31st in the United States. It entered Billboard's Hot 100 on July 16th and climbed very steadily over the next 12 weeks. Didn't reach the number one position until October 1st, but it held that spot for four weeks and it remained on the chart for another 13 weeks before eventually dropping off. I'm telling you, I was in radio at the time. I thought this song was never going to go away. Over in the UK, it peaked very quickly. It reached number one on March 6th of that year after only four weeks on the chart and holding it for two weeks total. I did see one report that suggested it debuted at number one in the UK, but this appears not to be the case. What does appear to be true, however, 
is that Bonnie Tyler is the first Welsh performer to reach number one in the United States. I thought that would have been Tom Jones, but it turns out his highest chart ranking was number two. Bonnie Tyler, meanwhile, has re-recorded the song a couple of times, including a 2003 French-English hybrid version where she trades leads with French singer Karine Anton, titled Si Demain, Turn Around. They also duetted on a hybrid cover of It's a Heartache. Both songs were top 10 songs in a few spots in Europe. This was a dance version recorded by Nikki French that was a worldwide hit in 1994 and it made it to number two in the United States. I gotta tell you though, I, I really only remembered it upon rehearing it. I gotta tell you, personal opinion, I think the song suffers a little bit because Nikki French's voice is so clear. I like that little bit of rasp that Bonnie Tyler brings to it. Anyway, Bonnie Tyler continues to sing the song of all of her live performances, but I think one of the most notable had to be on August 21st, 2017, when she sang the song on a Royal Caribbean cruise ship with the backing of Joe Jonas and his band. Why were they singing the song on that date in the middle of the ocean? Because they were in a prime viewing location for the total eclipse of the sun that was taking place while they sang the song. In fact, Spotify and other streaming services, including YouTube, have noted that the song invariably takes a bump in its streaming rates around the time of solar eclipses. And to date, that YouTube video has over half a billion views all right it is time to answer today's trivia question back on page two i asked what a bunch of artists had in common and the answer is that they all went to number one on the billboard hot 100 with instrumental tracks the edgar winter group got their only number one for a single week in may of 1973 with frankenstein Incidentally, the track got its name not because it evokes the old horror movie, although it does, but because there were so many edits stitching the master together. In 1975, it was the average white band spending one week in the top slot with Pick Up the Pieces. The Tornadoes spent three weeks in the number one position beginning in late December of 1962 with Telstar, this was only the second British act to reach number one in America. Compare that to the British invasion of the following year. 
Coincidentally, the only other British act to make it in the United States was also an instrumental, Mr. Acker Bilk's Stranger on the Shore. 1979 was the year that Herb Alpert returned to the top of the charts with Rise. Before that, his only number one hit was This Guy's In Love With You, which was also the only single on which he sang. Oh, talk about your cowbell. Hugh Masekela spent two weeks in the top spot in the summer of 1968 with Raisin in the Grass. And finally, for this list anyway, Vangelis was on the charts with this soundtrack piece for what seemed like forever in 1982, but it only spent one week at number one in the merry month of May that year. Incidentally, the official title of this song on the soundtrack album is just Titles because it ran under the movie's titles, but it quickly became to be identified by the film's title, Chariots of Fire. And that's a full lid on another edition of How Good It Is. Look, if you're enjoying the show, please, please, please take the time to share it with somebody and maybe even leave a rating somewhere. If you want to get in touch with me, you can email me at howgoodpodcast at gmail.com or you can follow the show on Twitter or Instagram at howgooditispod. You can also visit, like, and follow the show's Facebook page at facebook.com slash howgooditispod or so many options. You can check out the show's website, howgooditis.com where you might find a few extra bits. Thanks, as usual, to Podcast Republic for featuring the show. And next time around, we're going to talk about another instrumental as we find out how good it is when you fill up on some classical gas. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you next time. <laughs>